Chapter 8 of Frank Merriwell at Yale, or Freshman Against Freshman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Frank Merriwell at Yale, or Freshman Against Freshman, by Bertel Standish. Chapter 8 The Roast at East Rock. A strange and remarkable scene was being enacted in the peaceable and civilized state of Connecticut, a scene which must have startled an accidental observer and caused him to fancy for a moment the hand of time had turned back two centuries. Near a bright fire that was burning on the ground squatted a band of hideously painted fellows who seemed to be redskins, while close at hand, bound and helpless, were a number of pale faces, plainly the captives of the savages that a council of war was taking place seemed apparent and still the savages seemed waiting for something at length out of the darkness advanced a tall well-built warrior the trailing plumes of whose war bonnet reached quite to the ground if anything this fellow was more hideously painted than any of the others and there was an air of distinction about him that proclaimed him a great chief ugh he grunted i am here the savages arose and one of them said fellow warriors the mighty chief fell in his hosts i mean hole in his face has arrived then a wild yell of greeting went up to the twinkling stars and every savage brandished a tomahawk scalping knife or some other kind of weapon brothers said hole in his face i see that i am welcome in your midst as any up-to-date country news reporter would say you have received me with great eclat excuse my french i was educated abroad in new jersey go back to princeton cried one of the captives fellow warriors continued hole in his face without noticing the interruption i am heap much proud to be with you on this momentous occasion yah 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 yelled the savages and now the chief went on if you will proceed to squat on your haunches i will orate a trifle once more the redskin sat down on the ground and then the late arrival struck an attitude and began his oration warriors of my people why are we assembled together to-night because we couldn't assemble apart murmured a voice we are assembled to avenge our wrongs upon the hated paleface the chief declared it was long ago that the proud and haughty paleface got the bulge on the red man and we have not been in the game to any great extent since then every time we have held two pairs he has come in with one pair of sixes or a winchester and raked the pot he has not given us any kind of a show for our white alley whenever we seem to be getting along fairly well and doing a little something he has rung in a cold deck on us and then shot us full of air holes purely for the purpose of ventilation in case we objected warriors we have grown tired of being soaked in the neck that's right nodded a savage unless we are soaked in the neck with fire-water at last shouted the orator at last we have arisen in our wrath and our war-paint and we are out for scalps we have decided that the joy of the red man is fleeting to-night a flush mantles your dark cheeks but to-morrow it will be a bobtail flush what have we to live for but vengeance on the white man and a little booze now and then nothing our squaws once were beautiful as the wild flowers of the prairie but now the prize beauty of our tribe is malt extract maria whose nose is out of joint 
whose eyes are skewed whose teeth are covered with fine-cut tobacco and who lost one of her ears last week by accidentally getting it into the mouth of her husband my brothers we are not built to weep it is not the way of the noble red man a few more summers and we will be no more we will have kicked the stuffing out of the bucket and wended our way up the golden stair but before we cough up the ghost it behooves us to strike one last blow at the hated pale-face when we get a chance at a pale-face it is our duty to do him and do him bad are you on we have been successful in capturing a few of our hated foes and they are bound and helpless near at hand shall they be fricasseed broiled fried or made into a pot pie that is the question before the meeting and i am ready to listen to others let us hear from squint-eyed sausage face it doesn't make a dit of difference i mean a bit of difference to me how i have my pale face cooked said the one indicated as squint-eyed sausage face perhaps it would be well enough to cook them at the stake i think that would be the proper mode gravely declared another warrior for i have heard that they boast that they are hot stuff they should not boast in vain warrior said hole in his face you have heard what have you to say so mote it be came solemnly from one ya 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 yelled the others that settles it as the sugar remarked to the egg dropped into the coffee prepare the torture steaks there was a great bustle and in a short time the steaks were prepared and driven into the ground one of the savages hammering them down with a huge stick of wood then the captives were bound to the stakes and a lot of brush was brought in and piled about their feet some of the softs actually looked scared but browning kept up a continual fire of sarcastic remarks ugh grunted hole in his face this pale-face talks heap much remove his outer garment so the fire may reach his flesh without delay then browning was held and his clothes were stripped off till he stood in his undergarments barefooted bareheaded and still defiant oh say he muttered won't there be an awful hour of reckoning merriwell will regret the day he came to yale at this hole in his face laughed heartily and browning cried oh i know you merriwell you can't fool me though you've got the best make-up of them all when everything was ready one of the savages actually torched a match to the various piles of brush about the feet of the unfortunate sophomores as the tiny flames leaped up the painted band joined in a wild war dance about the stakes flourishing their weapons and whooping as if they were real indians some of their postures and steps were exact imitations of the poses and steps taken by savages in a war dance say confound you fool freshman howled one of the captives this fire is getting hot do you really mean to roast us ya 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 ho 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 round and round the stake circled the disguised freshman and the fire kept getting higher and higher puss parker fell to coughing violently having sucked down a large quantity of smoke some of the others raved and some begged but still the wild dance went on merciful cats gasped tad horner i believe they actually mean to roast us sure as fate agreed another they won't think to put out the fires till we are well cooked if they do then this is awful gurgled parker brownie can't you do something well i hardly think so confessed the king of the sophomores but i will do something if i ever get out of this alive you hear me murmur say cried tad horner i can't stand this much longer the fire is beginning to roast me it's getting warm confessed parker but it seems to keep burning around the outside edge 
keep cool advised browning what's that yelled horner who said keep cool oh say that's too much just look at the wood directed the king of the sophomores you will notice that all the wood about our feet is water-soaked and there's only a little dry wood out around the edges that's all that is burning this they soon saw was true and it gave them great relief for it had begun to seem that the crazy freshman actually meant to roast them at the very moment when the uproar was at its height there came a sudden loud cry like a signal and out of the darkness rushed at least twenty lads they were sophomores who had somehow followed them out there to east rock having been aroused and told of the capture of browning and his mates by the soft who escaped one fell on a bicycle had followed them till he felt sure of their destination and then he turned back and told the others who hastily secured teams and flew to the rescue umpity seven umpity seven rah 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 yelled the rescuers as they charged upon the freshmen umpity eight umpity eight rah 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 howled the painted lads in return then for a few moments there was a pitched battle the battle did not last long for the freshmen saw they were outnumbered and at a signal from their leader they broke away and took to their heels by rare good luck every man was able to get away for not knowing anything about the water-soaked woodpile about the feet of the captives the rescuers nearly all stopped to scatter the burning brush oh say grated browning as he was released but this means gore and bloodshed we'll never rest till we have squared for this roast and we will square with interest Marywell's life will be one long lingering torture from this night onward what's all this racket and cheering asked one of the rescuers listen fellows by jove it seems to come from the place where we left our carriages that's what it does and it's the freshman yell cried another come on fellows if we don't get a move on we may have to walk back they started at a run but when they arrived at the place where the teams had been left not a team was there the freshmen had captured the teams drivers and all together with the hack and far along the road toward the city could be heard a cheering singing crowd as the disgusted and furious soft stood and listened the singing and cheering grew fainter and fainter fellows said chop harding i am sorry to leave yale but i am certain to be hanged for murder after this whenever i see a freshman i shall kill him instantly it was a doleful and weary crowd of softs that came filing back into town and sneaked into their rooms that night of course the softs would have given a great deal could they have kept the story quiet but on the following morning it seemed that every student in the college knew all about it the juniors laughed and chaffed the sophomores who were sullen and sulky and who muttered much about getting even the freshmen were jubilant they were on top for the time and they all knew they might not have long to crow so they did all the crowing they could in a short time and still nobody seemed to know just who was concerned in the affair save that merriwell and browning must have been when browning was questioned he was so blankly ignorant of everything that it seemed as if he had slept through the whole affair he had a way of turning every question off with another question and it was soon discovered that no information could be obtained from him still it was passed from lip to lip that the great and mighty king had been found by the rescuers stripped to his underclothes and tied to a stake while the smoke arose thickly around him and nearly choked him someone suggested that brownie's complexion seemed to have changed in a remarkable manner and then the students fell to asking him if he really enjoyed his smoke 
browning seemed subdued but those who knew him best were telling everybody to hold on and see what would happen this is just the beginning they said however several days passed and still nothing occurred it began to look as if the softs had decided that they were outgeneraled and were willing to let the matter drop frank merriwell was not deceived he knew the softs were keeping still in order to deceive the freshmen into a belief that there was no danger and he continued to warn all his friends to watch out in the meantime diamond had recovered and was in evidence among the freshmen it was said that he went down to billy's a favorite freshman resort and spent money liberally there almost every night the results of this soon became apparent diamond was surrounded by a crowd of hangers-on who seemed to regard him as a leader he was working for popularity and he was obtaining it in a certain way now frank merriwell was no less generous than jack diamond but he would not drink liquor of any kind he would not touch beer it did not take him long to discover this peculiarity caused many of the students to regard him with scorn he was called the good templar and was often derisively addressed as worthy chief the very ones who were first to apply the name in derision afterward came to call him worthy chief in sincere admiration frank went around to billy's occasionally and although he would not drink he treated frequently paying for anything his companions wanted to take from beer to champagne one evening frank harry and dismal jones went into billy's and found diamond and a large crowd there jack had been drinking something stronger than lemonade and he was holding forth to a crowd of eager listeners one look at diamond's flushed face did merriwell take many knew the fellow was open for anything the high color in the cheeks of the virginian was a danger signal merriwell and his two friends ordered drinks frank taking ginger ale harry and jones lighted cigarettes frank examined the pictures around the walls there were ballet dancers who were standing on one toe famous trotters painted pictures of celebrated fighting cocks hunters in red coats leaping five barred fences and so forth as he looked over the pictures he became aware that diamond was saying something that was intended for his ears southerners never fight with their fists the virginian declared they consider it brutal and beastly and so they do not learn the so-called art they are able to fight with some other weapons though there is a man in this college who is trying to be a high cock of a walk but he will never secede till he shows his right by meeting me face to face with weapons of which i have knowledge i have met him with his weapons and if he is not a coward he will give me a show but i think he is a coward and a sneak and i that was more than frank could stand he did not pause to think that diamond had been drinking and was utterly reckless but he whirled and advanced till he stood squarely in front of the virginian i presume mr diamond that you are referring to me he said coldly and steadily although he could feel the hot blood leaping in his veins diamond looked up insolently inhaled a whiff of his cigarette and then deliberately blew the smoke toward frank yes sir he said i presume i did refer to you what are you going to do about it you called me a coward and a sneak exactly sir if i had not already left the marks of my knuckles on you i would slap your face as it is i will simply pull your nose and frank did so giving diamond's nose a sharp tweak 
up to his feet leaped the virginian his face white with wrath he picked up a glass of champagne as he arose and then he dashed it into frank's face in a twinkling friends were between them keeping them apart End of chapter eight